You are listening to the San Antonio Zen Center Dharma Talks. The San Antonio Zen Center is supported solely by donation, so that everyone can participate in our offerings and programs, regardless of income. If you are able, please consider making a donation to SAZC through the donation button on our site, sanantoniozen.org, or by visiting paypal.me slash sanantoniozen. Thank you for your practice and enjoy the talk. I have had the good fortune of being a part of this Sangha for many, many years. Uh, as some of you know, going back to the beginning when we rented a small room for our Zen practice on Wednesdays and Saturdays at the Shambhala Center on South St. Mary's, right behind the uh, pig stand. Today, I'd like uh, with you to take a look at hope. This talk is uh, titled, The Radical Hope of Endless Possibilities and No Self. I have heard it said that hope is much harder to come by than grief and despair. Grief and despair seem to have something to hold on to. Hope is harder to come by. And being a source of hope, I would assert, is even harder, especially in these times of quarantines and pandemics and deep divides. The pandemic that we are living through, I think continues to lay bare the raw suffering that comes from racial and ethnic and gender and income inequalities. And the suffering and hate that comes from misinformation and political divides. As a global society, we have become more and more aware of more and more children and adults in families without food or homes or jobs or dignity, without vaccines or oxygen or healthcare. The sacred rights that Pope Francis speaks of, tierra, techo, y trabajo, roughly translated in English as land, lodging, and labor, are far from available to all peoples in this small blue dot of a planet that is our home. As Zen practitioners and bodhisattvas, 
we have an opportunity, and I would say even a vow, to bear witness to hope, to the audacity of hope. As one prominent black man, the 44th president of the United States phrased it. You and I know grief and despair. The grief, the almost physical pain that comes with the death of someone we love. The despair that invades our spirit as we hear about another racially motivated shooting or another mass shooting or more COVID variants or more COVID deaths. But what about hope? What about hope that our world can heal and that wisdom and compassion, the two wings of Buddhism can transform the world as we emerge from the fog of the pandemic? What about hope within our Zen? practice. My sense is that Zen has tended to dismiss hope as something that is born of the ignorance and desire that lie at the very root of suffering. How so? Well, the outcomes we want or hope for may never happen. And we may become attached to a result. And when that result does not happen, we suffer. Also, hope might be seen as related to an always non-existent future rather than the now of Zen. But what of our Mahayana vows to save all beings, even when there are no separate selves to save? As a Zen practitioner for more than 20 years, my experience so far is that Zen is hopeful, hope-filled at its core. Why do I think that? In Zen, the radical hope that the world can be transformed is in fact selfless without a self, lacking a self and lacking no thing, lacking nothing. Radical hope goes beyond a plan or a strategy and beyond our delusions about small, separate selves. 
Rather, radical hope is tied, I would say, to limitless possibilities and total uncertainty. Radical hope does not end not knowing, nor does it stop bearing witness. Rather, radical hope propels us beyond not knowing and beyond bearing witness into skillful actions. Writer and social critic, Rebecca Solnit, in an extraordinary book called Hope in the Dark, makes a case for resisting the defeatism of easy despair. Hope, she says, is a gift you don't have to surrender, a power you don't have to throw away. Zen Roshi Joan Halifax recently said she is changing her mind about hope. She writes in a January 2021 Lion's Roar essay titled, Yes, We Can Have Hope, that wise hope is okay. Wise hope, she says, is not seeing things unrealistically, but rather seeing things as they are, including the truth of suffering both its existence and our own capacity to transform it. It's when we realize we don't know what will happen that this kind of hope comes alive, she says. Several months ago, I saw this quote from the Dalai Lama in anticipation of his speaking via a broadcast from UC Santa Barbara in California, the Department of Religious Studies. This much beloved Buddhist leader says, and I quote, no matter what kind, pardon me, let me start that quote again so that it's his words. No matter what sort of difficulties how painful experience is. If we lose our hope, that is our real disaster." End of quote. The once Zen monk and poet, writer, and musician, Leonard Cohen, gives us a song of hope. The lyrics of Anthem, remind us to ring the bells that still can ring. As I listen to this song, and I love it, I am reminded that despite the pandemic, despite the world seemingly falling apart, despite people's suffering, despite my own suffering, we cannot postpone our life until something gets worked out or until we reach some imaginary perfection or until we feel comfortable in our own skin 
or until people like us or until we like them. The world neither admits of nor demands perfection. Now, right here, right now, ring those bells. Be the bells. Reality is right now and it is complete. Leonard Cohen's anthem reminds us that not only might things seem imperfect, but there is a crack in everything, like a broken teacup, I would say. The lyrics go like this, ring the bells that still can ring, forget your perfect offering. There is a crack in everything. That's how the lights get in. So beautiful, so true. Cohen once explained these memorable lines, there is a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in as follows. He said, that's where the resurrection is and that's where the return and that's where the repentance is with the confrontation, with the brokenness of things. Some of you have heard me speak before about Layman Pang, the family man of Zen, who is one of several masters featured in a wonderful book called Zen Radicals, Rebels and Reformers. Layman Pang continues to reinvigorate Zen 12,000 years after his death. His family and friends were his Sangha and he refused the black robes of the Chinese monastics, dedicating himself to Lei Zen and the Pang family Dharma. He wandered the countryside with his daughter Ling Zhao, who was also a Zen teacher and an exemplar of Zen. They shared the Dharma in the form of poems and stories and friendly bantering. In response to a question by Master Sakido of the Mount Nan Yue Monastery he was visiting, Layman Pang composed a poem that has become lore in Zen. It says, my daily activities are not unusual. I'm just naturally in harmony with them, grasping nothing, discarding nothing. In every place, there's no hindrance, no conflict. My supernatural power and marvelous activity, drawing water and chopping wood. You may be interested in a poem that Layman Pang composed after asking a lecturer who was talking about the Diamond Sutra. Lecture master Pang asked, since there is no self and no person, who is he who is lecturing? Who is he who's listening? 
What is your idea? asked the lecture master. Master Pang replied in the form of a poem. He loved poems. It's as follows. There's no self and no person. How then kinfolk and stranger? I beg you, cease going from lecture to lecture. It's better to seek truth directly. The nature of diamond wisdom excludes even a speck of dust. From thus have I heard, to this I believe, all's but an array of unreal names. The Buddha's discovery was that we do not exist as a separate self. And that this belief in an individual small self is a delusion that causes us suffering and chains. Like the Buddha, Master Pang advised his Sangha to seek truth directly, to always be their own authority. So do not take someone else's word for it. Follow Shakyamuni Buddha's advice and seek the truth directly. Be your own authority. It does not matter much what the Buddha said about the nature of reality or what Master Pang said or what the Dalai Lama says or what Joan Falifax says or what I say. Seek truth directly. Sit Zazen and see what you see. Pay attention. Practice intensely. Come to your own conclusions. Without the story, what is it? Who are you if there is no story?